Greetings and welcome to the pod. My name is Mark West. Pedro Ordinez is an Alcatraz legend, having swum the famous route over 1,000 times. Pedro runs Waterworld Swim and organises many swims in San Francisco Bay, California and across the world. I was lucky enough to swim Alcatraz with Waterworld Swim recently in April 2023. Pedro is an exceptionally accomplished open water swimmer himself, perhaps the highlight being swimming the Strait of Magellan in South America in three and a half degree water with 60 kilometers per hour winds and three to five feet swells against 12 to 14 knot currents. He has also swum a double crossing of the Beagle Channel between Chile and Argentina. Pedro is now also a very well respected open water coach. I started by asking Pedro, has he always been an open water swimmer? Yeah, uh, it's a long story, but to make it short, I, I grew up in the Pacific Ocean in Chile. And uh, so I was always near the coast. And uh, it happens that uh, uh, my father, my brother, and uncles uh, were amazing open water swimmers at that time in those years. And then I was much younger. And then I used to um, uh, see them, and then I was not allowed to swim with them until uh, I I grew up uh, 12 years old, and then uh, to 13 years old, and then my father allowed me, and my mother especially too, that was the one that allowed me to start swimming along with them. So in the Pacific Ocean, very similar situation that here, you know, cold waters, even in the summer. Um, so it kind of, uh, I got into the, uh, kind of a light very much. And then until I got in the military academy in, in Chile, and then I got in a team, uh, swimming team, but, uh, I did suffer a lot because I was, uh, I'm still short, <laughs> I grew up. <laughs> more than uh, five, six inches. So um, uh, I had a hard time, but I really enjoyed it. So I couldn't wait till I get to swim again in open water swimming. So it happened that um, uh, after the military academy, I basically uh, I, I came to study to the United States, but to Florida, to University of Miami and then much warmer water. So I started swimming over there, but it was, I was not enjoying so much uh, swimming in the Atlantic Ocean because it was either too hot or the sun was too hot and so forth. So later on, years went by and, and then I was, um, I became, a, I mean, I graduated as a civil engineer. So I work in projects in, in uh, in uh, Miami, and when the projects were were over, uh, for one of those things in life, I got divorced, and then the company sent me to San Diego, California, and then I found a kind of I encountered again the Pacific Ocean, which was my passion. So this was I'm talking about 30 years ago, in 1988, 1989. And then I started to swim in the Pacific Ocean again, doing triathlons, doing uh, training for Ironman and doing marathon, all of that kind of things. But swimming, it was the really things every, almost every day down there in, in San Diego, the, the, the conditions are perfect. And then um, later on, uh, I, uh, one of my uh, uh, colleagues um, started a company here in San Francisco in 1991, I moved to here, and then all of a sudden, I found Alcatraz, <laughs> which is, it was, uh, at that time, I'm talking about those years that there was only one company was doing those crossings, but anyway, I joined the Southern Rowing Club, and then um, 
I started swimming with them, and uh, as a matter of fact, I became uh, like to be vice president and so forth because I was having uh, a club. I mean, I was I was uh, part of a club also, the triathlon club over here. And then uh, I will invite people to swim at the at the Southern Rowing Club. But I got to the, I was one of the few really that uh, I was expecting to swim without wetsuit, the cold waters, because where I grew up, I didn't swim with wetsuit. And so I was experiencing swimming and, and, and without wetsuit. And also in San Diego, I mean, nobody wants swimming with wetsuit. So, but when I became a triathlete, actually, I try wetsuit, I couldn't. So I was one of the few triathletes that would participate without wetsuit. So they started to ask me for advice. So I became like a, a well-known person with no wetsuit over here. So I started inviting people to the Southern Rowing Club. And uh, what I can tell you is we started with some few. And uh, and I would say a year later, we were every Thursday evening, we were more than 80 people there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so on Thursday evening, so... Uh, being fair with the club, you know, they asked me, you know, you you can have so many people here, you know. So it was a discussion about, well, uh, the club was making money too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, finally, it was such a, you know, all this usual usual uh, uh, problems with uh, with the politics of a club and so forth. You know, I decided, well, me and another friend, we said, you know what, how about we uh, start our own gig, basically. And uh, in those years, uh, 1992, I would say, um, there was no website, 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 you know. It was so kind of, a, they, they were just something new coming up about websites, but nobody had an idea about that. Um, but my friend was working on it at that time. So he said, how about we start with a website inviting people and we name it Waterwall. And <laughs> like the movie, you know, yeah, because yeah. that was one of the fun, fun, one of the few fans of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, uh, because everybody said, how do you get like that movie? That was a flop, but I loved it. So, and just in water. So water was, uh came out in the website and then uh, he made a website really nice. And then we start telling people, look for the website. We're going to meet on Thursday evenings and maybe on Sundays later on. And at that time, uh, triathlon, so the triathlon, the triathlon sports was kind of a brand new, basically. So people didn't have uh, too many places. They will train only in pools. So when they found that they will be guided by experienced people, um, they start coming up. But uh, very soon later on, we have somebody representative of, <laughs> I guess, Mr. Kevin Kessner <laughs> calling us, <laughs> uh, telling us that the website Waterworld Swim already existed. <laughs> All right. So, so at that time, even as a matter of fact, the first call that I got at that time, um, I was uh, working in an outfit engineering company. I got a call that, uh, that is uh, from Hollywood. Somebody's calling you, whatever. It was uh, an attorney. And then I thought it was my buddy, <laughs> Brad. <laughs> I laugh about my the call, you know. I said, "Yeah, you're Mister. Yeah, representing Mister. Kersner or what?" <laughs> and <laughs> asking later on, you know, said, and then he said, uh, "I said, yeah, good, good joke, buddy, you know." And he said, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> I said, "Well, that call him Water World." I said, "No, I never did that call. I still couldn't believe it." So in the website was like something he puts his name, you know, created by Brad so and so. So uh, they called him too. 
And then <laughs> you tell me, you know what? It's true, you know. They they have a side there. Then we have at that time people that were just starting to work in all these uh, companies, you know, like Google. And so they said, yeah, they registered. But at that time there was no no licensee. There, there was nothing. Everybody was just starting with a website. Even at that time when just the Senate started studying the situation of the website. So we uh, we change it. Say, so how about we change it to Water World Swim, uh, Water World Swim. dot com? Right, it did work. So and it's working till now. You know, right? So people start coming up, and uh, um, we were one of the first one actually. We had uh, people to register online because I had the luck. I was very lucky that all these people from Silicon Valley will come to swim uh, with us. So they liked the idea. So we started growing from there, uh, from just few swimmers to every Thursday evening and Sundays, we have sometimes 80 and so forth. And then at the South End, I basically created, I gave them the idea, listen, we need to do some sort of a swim open to anybody here in the club, Southern Rowing Club. So um, they supported me about that and created the uh, invita- Alcatraz Invitational that uh, became very successful. So after that, my uh, second year, you know, once again, politics and all that, I said, you know, we're going to do our own. Uh, Alcatraz event every year and then also became very successful more and more people and later on people from all over the world start coming to swim with us and then including you that's right, that's right. Uh, and then at that time as a matter of fact uh, the first uh, invitation Alcatraz invitation we did at the Southern Rowing Club came a group from uh from Australia, from two different clubs, uh, the from Sydney and the other one from it's a big group that swims over there in in Australia. I can't remember this the the ice mounds, something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So they came uh, and then uh, from there on, many people from Australia started coming up from uh, to swim with us, and then. Later on came the like a you know the uh, supply and demand. <laughs> so yeah. I I contacted and then uh, as a matter of fact, people from the Coast Guard start coming uh, to swim with us, uh, young officers, and then they they liked the way we run the show. Basically, I became very much uh, their friend, and they they liked me because we usually we have usually uh, good support groups for any swim. Mm-hmm. And other clubs were just swimming on their own, and there was always uh, calls, emergency calls, and so forth. We we kept our group pretty tight all the time, so we created this uh, uh, monthly Alcatraz, which is you swim last 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 time the April yep. uh, monthly Alcatraz. So from there, it was uh, nice to work with. Uh, with support from the Coast Guards, of course, even sometimes a wife of an officer uh, from the station came to swim with us, and we have the helicopter <laughs> going <Yeah>. around. <laughs> so I, I, I grew up with that passion, and then I would swim. I used to swim till recently, actually, but uh, I completed also my uh, 1,000 Alcatraz last year, uh, 1,000 crossing. I was going to ask because uh, the the the, yeah. the internet says nine hundred and seventy eight. So I was gonna. Uh, I wondered if you crossed the magic thousand. We have. We, yeah, we have to update that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, last year I I, I came with uh, one thousand Alcatraz, and the reason I started doing that because uh, with training uh, many years ago. Well, right before the two thousand year two thousand. And when I swim, uh, and and this right down the uh, first of the year, the new 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 centennial. Mm-hmm. So I 
started training, and then I had a coach, a gentleman that was open water swimming here too, and Booth's uh, coach too, very well known, uh, George Roach, that um, uh, he said, well, he sailed over, I knew the uh, escape from Alcatraz from before, and then my father um, was such a fan of anything related with the ocean that uh, um, he 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 heard the radio uh, on those years. I believe it was in 1960. Can't remember exact year when Lynn Cox. Uh, she was 16 years old at that time, crossed the Straits of Magellan. So she became, uh, maybe probably you know uh, Lynn Cox, is uh, is a major figure in open water swimming, and she had crossed all the oceans. And at that time, she crossed the Straits of Magellan and then cold waters and so forth. And then my father was, uh, one day I hope you swim the Straits of Magellan, you know, you come back to to Chile and to cross the Strait of Magellan. So I I proposed myself to do it in the year 2000. So I started training, and then this coach over here said, you know, I've been sailing that area, and I believe, I, I don't think unless you train day by day, uh, you can uh, uh, do it. Because uh, they saw me, you know, kind of, I was in my early 50s, 50s uh, I said, um, well, I you know, really I'm committed to my father to do it. So I I I I talked to him. I said, "Well, would you train me?" Said, well, if you train with me, you gonna be very committed to to do as much as the same way, same thing that I ask you to, because you're gonna be in cold water. Cold water was not so much my worry as the rough waters in that area. So he started training me over here, uh, summer and winter, and every other day to Alcatraz or going around Alcatraz or uh, going twice around Alcatraz. And he he became really certain that I could do it. He said, at the end, you know, after two years of training, he said, Pedro, you are more than ready. You're gonna be successful. So I contacted Lynn Cox because she, one time uh, she was doing uh, um, a talk here in, uh, in the Bay Area. And then I went and then uh, we became very good friends. I said, she said, let me help you. You know, that would be great. Uh, great woman, fantastic. So she started giving me tips. And then as a matter of fact, she, she said, you know, uh, the doctor that went with me, she took at that time, and uh, I can't remember exactly, I think it was 62, but uh, she took her doctor, her father doctor, and and uh, the whole team. So she said, this is what you're gonna need, and uh, besides the training, your mental, you know, uh, to prepare mentally for it, um, and then basically I was very excited about it because I said, this is something so great for my country, for Chile, you know, to go from, uh, from my swimming here and, uh, and plus it's the, uh, new, new century. I mean, it's, it's 2002, it's 2000, uh, the year 2000. So I, um, I really. Uh, prepare myself for it, and then my um, I, I was ready. I had a team here, friends, and and uh, my buddy that always was my partner in all this. Um, people from the Southern Rowing Club helped me a lot, and then ready to go. And then we went in uh, this. Uh, and I have a little story, if you have time, I can yeah, tell absolutely. you about this. Uh, yeah. Please do. When, when we got there, uh, well, I have relatives in the Navy and all that. They made all the connections. We went to, um, we went to Punta Arenas, where my 
sister and my brother-in-law, both doctors, lived there at that time. I knew people in the Navy because my sister, as a matter of fact, was working. Uh, she was the doctor for the Navy in that state and those uh, that can and that part of the, the country, that province. So uh, Punta Arenas, um, the, uh, which is the most the southernest most southernmost city of uh, South America. So I went prepared days before, and then they said, I'm sorry, but uh, weather doesn't look too good. And then they said, plus we have the Y2K. Remember the the issue with the computers at that time that they said the world is going to end? <laughs> so I, I, was, um, I was worried about that. So they start uh, after one year uh, writing letters, uh, emails to the commandant of the station over there, and all that. Finally, they said, "Okay, we're going to have a meeting because uh, maybe you will go instead of the first, you will go on the thirty-first." So uh, we went to the meeting. We got into the huge conference room, uh, the Navy. Uh, and they, they, they call it the commandant uh, offices. So um, they said everybody, the press was there because they couldn't believe this this 52 years old is going to cross the Strait of Magellan and uh, they, they call it they are this gringo, Chilean gringo. <laughs> he thinks he's going to be crossing this. It's, uh, I tell you, Mark, a storm that I was really scared with the wind. So anyway, we had the meeting. We came in in the meeting. They made us sit in a round table, huge round table with everybody. And we were waiting for the admiral, the, the admiral at uh, the station that we knew only each other by letters and certifications and so forth. So anyway... Uh, we sit there, and all of a sudden, everybody get up, and there he comes. Um, uh, the big chief <laughs> uh, comes in and asks us to sit down, and we all sit down. And he starts talking and talking and talking, and looking all around. And he didn't say good morning to me. I said, wow, this is... Uh, Kind of, I started to get more afraid. He's going to say, no, we cannot go, and so forth. So anyway, all of a sudden, he looked around and concerned and said, well, where is the swimmer? <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting in front of him and said, it's me. Hello. And then he looked at me. There was a pause. Are you sure you're the swimmer? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, basically, do you know what you get into it? <laughs> wow. So, yeah. And then he started all these questions again. I said, yeah, I'm the one that's sending the certification. Um, did you get the medical certification? Uh, yes, we got it. But he kept doubting, doubting that it was me or whatever. So anyway, um, he sent me, he said, you know, uh, I'm gonna ask as he tells the his people around, you know, is I'm gonna ask this gentleman to you how for another medical checkup. He couldn't believe it. He thought that I was joking, you know. I mean, really, or well, it was this was a prank, you know. And then uh, because there was other swimmers before me uh, that they were not successful. As a matter of fact, the person before me, a Japanese. Uh, die um, uh, like a week before me trying to attempt it to cross the Strait of Magellan because uh, that time it was very cold. So anyway, um, I said, okay, I go to any any test, medical test again, whatever. So it happened that um, my sister knew the doctors over there too, other doctors. They have to do the checkup and they say, you're fine, whatever, you know. So there he got convinced, yeah, he gave the okay, but because of the Y2K, all of a sudden we went to their southernmost point of there, right to the point of the start of the, of the swim. 
where all the big ships cross from uh, Chile, Argentina, or vice versa. Uh, the waters are incredible because uh, it's you know this small narrow basically area where the two oceans meet. So to to tell you too, very scare, very scare. So the day that's supposed to be, uh, the wind was blowing so bad that I you have to hold uh, poles in order not to fly away. So um, they 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 kept asking me, "Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure?" So he uh, gave the order to have a boat, uh, one of the navy boats, to uh, cross me. Uh, as a matter of fact, there, there, there is a video um, because usually they cross it with uh, another type of uh, boat. But this time he said, "No, this boat have to go." And he assigned a captain, he assigned uh, another personnel, uh, uh, frogman too, because uh, frogman that the uh, race to jump because they were all concerned about the the Japanese was also a kind of a small man and uh, another one before as a matter of fact because he had a bad idea he crossed but he had a bad idea to drink champagne <laughs> he collapsed right after so they were concerned about that I said no I'm well prepared and this is what I want to do for swimming so anyway we uh we uh, we prepare with my buddies, my friends, and and then all of a sudden they made us sleep in the in the barrack where the pilots, people that crosses the ship from one side to another, big huge guys, and then I guess a navy barrack, and then uh, slept there to be ready if there is a break in the weather. All of a sudden. We were sleeping and uh, like uh, me and my buddies, and all of a sudden they knocked the door. You get ready, get ready. We have a break of one hour, they said. <laughs> and then I couldn't sleep because over there the sun doesn't come down. Basically, it's, it's daylight <laughs> uh, uh, because we are so much in the south there. So anyway, I woke up and I see good conditions. I get up in the this uh, big navy navy ship, and uh, they took us to the other way, to the other side, uh, Tierra del Fuego, where I will start my swim because of the currents. The currents over there are uh, one size that's 14 knots, and on the other side it goes, and the other side is 12 knots. So it's uh, they make like weird pools, you know. So uh, they said, "Well, ready." They and the boat. Well, while they were preparing me, they said, uh, "You're gonna have to swim with fans." I said, "No, I cannot. I never, I never train with fans. Whatever. Uh, you're gonna have to swim with uh, this, with the best. No, no. So it was a big fight and on the on the, on the boat before the jump because I would have to." jump and then they will take me in zodiac to the to the start so i obe- i did obey because i said well you know i cannot be fighting this so we got to conclusion to at least to put some a small little they call swimmers so protect my feet um but uh, they're not for warm or anything like that but it's in case you have to go toward the boat had to push hard uh, in case they will call me to the boat. So they everything was accordingly. So um, I started my swim, and then uh, uh, as a matter of fact, they covered me with uh, grease, special grease. <laughs> when, I, when I started walking to the beach, the grease we had so hard, like a candle rock, <laughs> start falling. <laughs> It started to fall apart, and then me trying to hold it in place. Uh, that was pretty funny, uh, but I mean, I was really, I want to do this, I got to do this, and I want to do it as soon as possible. 
So I started my first stroke and uh, uh, and I felt really good about it. So the conditions were good. I kind of they're never flat there, but uh, I, I started getting my rhythm, my uh, uh, sort of a good pace, and then all of a sudden I started this win again and uh, big waves, and then uh, 35 miles per hour wind. And and then they started kind of, uh, I have to make a sign that I was okay when the, when the boat will blow the horn. And, and then I kept going, going, and going, and all of a sudden, halfway, I said, okay, that's enough. I'm going to raise my hand, and I cannot, definitely I cannot, complete this but it, it, it was a kind of a miracle i was ready to pass out and all that. all of a sudden out of nowhere this beautiful beautiful uh part of dolphins that swimming around me yeah it was it wasn't all in the news as a matter of fact it's in pictures it's in the website you can see there too there is uh, some short that they um channel did that one of these um, documentaries and then they start swimming all around me they start swimming under me I could see their eye they were swimming with me under the water that it was so incredible because it was like awakening I was uh, I wasn't sure if I was uh, you know um, I, I was dreaming or I was already dead or whatever but I started swimming with a strong force because of those dolphins. And they accompanied me all the way to the end of the swim. And then when they pulled me out in the water, they took pictures. This, this son of a gun, they just got all the way. They kind of, they were looking that I was okay and they continued their way. It, it was the most incredible experience. So I was, uh, one hour and 52 minutes in the water. Um, I crossed it, yeah. And the currents helped a lot in the sense that when you go, you do a sort of a U. I was even in, for a little bit, I was in Argentinian waters. And then the other current goes the other direction, 14 knots, that took me to the point of the start there that I was supposed to arrive. So, yeah, I mean, I was uh, obvious. Uh, I was hypothermic, um, and then uh, being my first swim of that kind, I was hypothermic for a long, long time. And then uh, uh, actually it took me, basically, mentally, it took me, I would say, a couple months to recover completely. And uh, yeah, when I came back, I, when I came back, I would get, I would look water, I would start shivering. I mean, out of control. Uh, affected me a lot uh, mentally at that time because the water was one of the lowest. I did the swim and uh, the lowest temperature, as a matter of fact, they said, than anybody else. Uh, so I'm, you know, like uh, 3.5 degrees. So Celsius. So yeah, it didn't go up. It didn't go up higher than five degrees the whole way. So um, it was. They said it was. Um, so when I came back, they took me back, and then some Navy people taking care of me in an amazing way because they take you and they make a, a kind of a, they shower you with a hose cold water to start recovering. And then after that, they <laughs> uh, held me as a prisoner <laughs> with my my arms all uh, arm up, up, standing up because of the heart thing. And then some blowers, some warm blowers, they they dry their clothes, uh, huge dry blowers. And then I started recovering, 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 little by little. So in the night, though, in the hotel, uh, they gave orders to call a doctor if anything happened. Because I, I got into panic at night. 
kind of uh, felt like um, I couldn't breathe. It was something very, very strange sensations I have. And then, like I said, for months after, it was kind of a very strange uh, the way that I felt. But uh, happy, very happy. Uh, as a matter of fact, I came back uh, later on, two years later, I came back to do the Beagle Channel. And then uh, I was so well prepared for the Beagle Channel that I did a uh, round trip. And I uh, did the record of uh, being the oldest person uh, going to Argentina and back. Wow. Round trip. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, that's another story, really funny story. We prepare everything to go to swim to Argentina just one way. That's what I, I thought that's going to be. And there I saw icebergs and, and the current, but I, I was so well prepared that I didn't feel afraid of the water temperature. So I said, one way it's going to be okay. They told me it's going to take 40 minutes because of the current too. And then <laughs> we prepared and they said, and the Navy said, well, they're going to come halfway in the border. They're going to come the Navy, uh, the Argentinian Navy to pick up your documents and all that. So the people on the, on the boat, paramedics, they're going to have to change boats and, Okay, no problem. They they set up. They really really did a great job in setting me up and uh, two big boats and two again. And then uh, when I was getting to Argentina, I see the coach from Chile, a very well known swimmer too. Um, that I was uh, I I asked him to coach me. For the, because he had the experience of that big channel, and then uh, when he gets when we get into the other side, I see a man with a, I mean navy like a navy yellow jacket, waving and waving and waving. I say, oh my gosh! And then I look in the side, the Chilean boat is still there. Yeah. <laughs> I say, what's happening over here? I'm going to jail or something. So <laughs> I. I got up, uh, kind of, uh, also, I mean, all nervous, uh, hypothermic. This guy said, go back, go back, go back. I said, oh, my gosh, uh, they, they were running away from the Argentine. <laughs> and now, uh, what happened, this this coach saw me in such a good shape. I got to the other side. He said, if you go to the other side, uh, we we have a record. <laughs> what record? Yeah, Nobody right. have done the round trip. So, well, but without knowing. So I start feeling the water warm again. I mean, like uh, the temperature were not bad compared to the Strait of Magellan. But when I'm going uh, back, I see that I'm going out in the ocean because uh, I was, and then I kept swimming and swimming and swimming. The way back took me one hour, 15 minutes. (laughs) So I was in the water like two hours, 15 minutes uh, out there in that one. And then, but uh, I I made it to the other side too. And then what they they said that uh, when they were halfway, the Navy, the Argentinian Navy said they didn't want to interrupt the swim. So they gave permission to just to go everybody to the other side. That's perfect. <laughs> so we did it thanks to that. <laughs> Does, has so anyone, all those crazy, has crazy anyone, adventures. <laughs> has anyone done that yeah? since? Has anyone done the round trip since you did it? Uh, no, I, I haven't heard anybody doing the round trip. No, nobody. I so far I haven't heard anybody. And still, some people when I go to Chile say nobody have done it. They're the only one, basically, or the oldest one. I'm not pretty sure if this coach that I know he passed away recently when he was in his 20s he used to do these crazy swims. Uh, maybe he he did it, but I never never found out. He said, uh, because the way he saw me in such a strong uh, stroke, uh, getting to the end and said, this guy can do it. So, uh, yeah, to keep going. <laughs> um, then every time from when I came back, I kept doing Alcatraz swims <laughs> and taking people, you know, and we have this um, waterfall swim now that uh, keep me busy too, you know, but uh Happily, happily busy. <laughs> it's great. 
the swimming in um, the bay must be like having a bath compared to swimming the Straits of Magellan. It's nice and warm the, at 10 degrees and, you know. The, the... <laughs> yes and no. Sometimes uh, sometime it feels cold <laughs> uh, uh, because of the age or whatever. Sometimes I'm tired or whatever. Um, it, it, it's a still a challenge. It's a still a challenge. And, uh, and I haven't been swimming lately, but... Uh, um, what I've been uh, worried we we are we break the swim of the of the triathlon, the escape from Alcatraz, where we have over two thousand swimmers swimming at the same time, and then we prepare for that swim and everything, and we have checked that this year the currents have been uh, very strange because of all the ice uh, melting um, the mountains and the Sierra is coming with big force uh, from the rivers and going into the bay so I have created basically a new current and so we are trying to uh, get the people to train and be to know to learn a little bit of basics I don't know if I gave the right when you swam I gave the right um uh, when I gave the right uh, directions of the swim, uh, but uh, I think you did. <laughs> I, I, I mainly, mainly, I, so. <laughs> <laughs> I we we now we are uh, warning people the way they should. Not, nothing, nothing different, but uh, to, for example, to cross, to start crossing the bay to the city. Uh, side uh, quickly because the currents are so fast now that they are going north instead of going straight west to to the Golden Gate Bridge. So some people all of a sudden feel confident that the aim to the uh, where the finish line of the longer swim, which is the uh, which is the St. Francis. Uh, and then they try to take that direction, and instead of going in that direction, they end up going north, uh, taking the currents, taking, the, taking them north. So, yeah, that's one of the things that uh, we, I enjoy, I enjoy really coaching, training uh, people that are preparing for any of these swims, you know, any of these challenges over here. Yeah. So... Well, I did yeah. the I did the St. Francis swim, and yeah, we had the right. currents with us, so it was right. three kilometers, and right. it only took half an hour. It was I've never swum so fast. <laughs> it was it was great. Right, right. If you're well directed, it, it's it's beautiful, you, you know. But when you have two thousand people, and they try to do their own swim, basically, and yeah. And then the rescue uh, comes much bigger and more heroic. <laughs> that case for everybody supporting the swims. Yeah. Have yeah. you had any kind of scary experiences with the current uh, around Alcatraz, either with yourself swimming or with with others that you're you're, you're organising? Uh, yeah. There are always <laughs> there are always uh, notes on that that uh, makes it. <laughs> exciting uh, like one time um, we were only three that decided uh, the other two were also trying to get high number of Alcatraz swims and then we decided to go like three o'clock in the afternoon uh, here in the bay after 1 p.m. or afternoon it gets really really windy very choppy and uh, traffic also is bigger traffic. And uh, that's why I remember one of the, uh, the kind of uh, uh, bad experience I had that um, I tried to go across and for some reason uh, we look back, the kayakers couldn't continue. So they, they took off, we didn't see them. So we kept swimming, we were right in the middle of the bay and then I was trying to get to St. Francis, and all of a sudden I look on my right, I, I'm under the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> wow. So, so uh, 
so scared, so scared that uh, I don't know from where I got the the strength to get to the right under the Golden Gate Bridge and the beach. So from there, I I, I kind of uh, I. I didn't know what to do. I said, I'm going to get uh, here, but I'm walking. I was uh, completely out of out of shape, out of shivering and the whole thing. All of a sudden, I see they came to rescue us in a, uh, on a Zodiac. I see the other two guys. It was really, really scary that time. But uh, um, always, that's why one of the things I learned, that always, 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 no matter how beautiful may look over there the bay uh, we call we leave we call the vessel traffic here the coast guard and uh, we are in contact completely with radios now many years ago it was just we did it just as as it whatever happened happens <laughs> and uh yeah sometimes the fog comes down that was another time where we had a swim from outside the Golden Gate toward Aquatic Park. And then uh, we were swimming, a big group of people, and all of a sudden this fog came down. And as I hear all the horns of the bridge, the fog horn, and I, I wasn't sure where I was, completely, completely lost. I mean, completely under the fog. And then I started swimming, 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 saying, I kind of praying to find someone, somebody who couldn't hear noises, nothing. And then all of a sudden, this guy from the club comes, and I saw the also. I said, they are here, they are here. And it was not only me, but they were rescuing people. But me, in my case, I was swimming to Salito, completely out of whatever the line I was right in South Salido, full of this kind of fog. But uh, that was also something that I said, no, I'm not going to, if I see fog coming in, whatever, I'm just going to call it off. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's a really weird sensation. It was quite um, it was quite beautiful when we did the swim. There was just a little bit of fog near the bridge. So oh, yeah. A long way from where oh, we were yeah. swimming, so it was fine. But I can imagine it would be terrifying oh. if it came on top of you when you were swimming. It is. That's something that uh, then you have nightmares for another week. (laughs) (laughs) So do you think those guys uh, who escaped from Alcatraz, the prisoners, do you think they made it somewhere? Uh, You know, it's a question that in... uh, answering to so many media, people, press, and uh, they ask me what I think after. I still think, I still think that at least, at least one of the brothers made it. For some reason, it crossed my mind. And uh, when my father told me the story in 1962 about it, and then he said, these men were very determined, whatever. And then when I came over here, I learned about the 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 escape. And then in 1962, too. So anyway, um, I still think Clarence Clarence Angling, one of the two brothers, who was the guy that planned everything, the guy that was so determined. Uh, I still think he made it. The, the, uh, the planning there are many was, stories around that. Well, the planning was so perfect, wasn't it? So you'd, you'd think that they would have thought it, it, about everything else to do with the swim as well. Amazing. We have done, recreated the, the escape with uh, certain companies, movie companies, and we have tried to recreate exactly how it was. And then um, all I think uh, that uh, two of them they were not well prepared mentally, but like, and then I always talk about that, uh, the way that I was prepared, I prepared myself for the Strait of Magellan, completely determined uh, to do it. I think uh, that's the reason I think Clarence, um, 
uh, made somehow. There is a story around that uh, somebody, some people, old timers from South Salido, they say that one time that those people live in boats over there. Uh, they used to live in boats. They said that there was a lady that uh, left the, the car abandoned in one of the corners near. I don't think I don't think they made it to Angel Island, but I think one of them made it to the corner over there near the bridge uh, because it was ebbing and the currents were going up. So that's why I'm thinking that uh, uh, one of them was so determined that just say goodbye to the other two, the two others. And then he, for some reason, they said the car was abandoned over there, doors, and they never saw the lady again. So, right. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's one of the stories going around, you know. And I have heard many different stories. And then, uh, like, you know, in the last few years, they said that um, they are sure that one of them was in Brazil. So, and they've been trying and trying. I used to go to the meetings. They used to go once a year with the former prisoners over there. Um, and, uh, there's one guard that passed away as a matter of fact a couple of years ago, but uh he used to he used to have the same kind of set of mind as me. Uh, he used to say, you know, that guy claims was something something else, he said. Um besides being a smart was very physically uh, fit. And then that's why I think I always think uh and reason I think um, I don't think he's alive, but uh, he he was able to to escape. <laughs> you must hear so many stories, because oh, know. many 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 yeah. stories. Whatever, whatever I go, they say, oh, you you swim Alcatraz, you're one of the prisoners or whatever. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's it's fascinating for me. It's something like uh, fascinating to to swim and Catras, to be around in this area swimming. And um well lately I'm I'm not able to but uh but uh, I'm planning to get back training back in the pool again, you know. Oh that's great. Oh so, yeah, yeah, I'm in shape again. How long yeah. do you think till you can swim Alcatraz again? Uh um, hopefully hopefully uh last time it was last year and September, and uh, hopefully this September I will do it again. That's why I'm looking forward. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. And you do a lot of coaching as well now. So you, um, how many, yeah. how many people have you coached, and have you taken them to the Straits of Magellan or places like that? Yeah, yeah. One of the, um, I'm saying about four or five people. Um, uh, they. Uh, one of them, it was a 17-year-old from here, from California, and that was incredible, incredible in crossing it. Uh, but he got caught by a car in the middle, but he still fought it till the end. And people, just like me, I mean, the people, the officers over there were amazed that this skinny young guy, 17 years old, did it, you know. And uh, they let let him do it because of, uh, he was with me, with the coach. So uh, there is a video also on my website, and that and in the website on the YouTube channel, where um, it shows this guy crossing. And um, it just uh, it just uh, also it's, it's a very rewarding, I tell you. Uh, Cross people help people to cross the Strait of Magellan, or or this in February there is a group they're going to do the Beagle. Also, I'm and I'm giving them the advice because they have done other crossings too. 
they went to um, South Africa to do the crossing of the, of the south there. And then uh, also I'm training people for the Bonifacio Channel in, in Italy. And that's why, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Italy, I have crossed uh, kind of a dozen, dozen swimmers already for the Bonifacio Channel. Some some people I coach them uh, online, uh, prepare them online because they are from different countries. Have and you, then, uh, yeah. Have you done that uh, Italian swim yourself? Yeah. Uh, Messina too. We have a swim Messina this year too. And uh, Messina I've done it two, three times. And then uh, English Channel too. So... And English channels they kind of uh, require uh, much more work to train someone over there. There, I do it with the help of uh, another coach in England. Um, but uh, I take, uh, we are coaching a semifinal someone that is going to be uh, swimming the English channel next year. And we are coaching it already. He already swimming uh, long distances here in the Bay. Oh, great. Yep. And yeah, one year in advance. So he's going to be doing great. He's been uh, getting very, very strong. And very. He came with very little open water swimming experience. And now he's swimming for a long, long time in the, in the bay. Are there any swims left that you want to do or, or wish you'd done? Uh, I, I, you know, um I want to do, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, I was preparing to do my, the 20th anniversary of the Straits of Magellan again, right before the pandemic. The pandemic came and I said, forget it, forget it, Charlie, because uh, it was worldwide. <laughs> Restrictions were in Chile also, everywhere. So uh, I couldn't do it, but uh, I've been uh, kind of uh, other, for example, I had the one in um, South Africa to the, where uh, the island, Robin Island, uh, to do that one. It was my dream to do that, but I don't think at this point I will be able to. It, uh, it's a hard crossing, that one, because uh, sharks. Oh, there right, are, yeah. And lots of sharks. You know how it is uh, in your country. Well, there, yeah, there are sharks. Have you have you seen sharks around yeah. Alcatraz? You hear you hear stories, but um... uh, yes and no. I mean, uh, um, the the bottom of the whole bay is very silty uh, because uh, the mines, uh, one hundred years, two hundred years, they mine they mine the gold mines. They stay open basically. And then um, at the silt is is very silty, and it's not too deep, so sharks don't like that. But I've seen them outside the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, one time I was, we were coming with another uh, a pal of mine that always used to uh, pilot me with a kayak, and we were a big group. And then I stay a little bit behind. I'm slower, basically, than the rest, and then. Uh, we want to see this big boat over there, big yacht with the people there saying, pointing out, oh, shark, shark. And then I look forward and I say, no, they are dolphins. So I kept swimming. <laughs> and then when we got back uh, to the club, uh, my pal said, you know what? They were sharks, um, both sharks, but they were going out. Then the guys even in the boat, he said, took pictures and they were all uh, screaming about that they were big sharks. But I was lucky, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't pay attention to me. Yeah. But uh, like uh, I've seen, you know, uh, uh, like for example, when you swim in Italy, when you cross the, the Messina Channel, you see this huge, uh, they, they call it this uh, swordfish, you know, they're huge and those swim, they swim very near you. And, uh, but, uh, you know, you lose the kind of uh, that 
when they said, you know, there are sharks and all that, but it's so many, I mean, there's so few people in the world that ever been, you know, even I guess in Sydney, it's not an everyday event, you know. So um, Southern California, the same is once once you see one case of a bite uh, every three, four years, and that's it. But um, but I, I, that, that's why I kind of uh, I lose that uh, being afraid. Of course, I respect, you know, um, I respect and uh, can deny that I get a little bit uh, nervous about it. But uh, otherwise, I try to think that uh, it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So, and, yeah, that's... Um, <clears throat> And and what and what and what's next for you? What what's uh, your return to swimming in in September this year? I guess. Or what's on, what's on the horizon? Yeah. Well, we we travel now in June. We travel to Italy, and uh, we have the swim, the Messina uh, swim, which uh, basically I have to direct the swim over there because uh, the pilot everybody speaks only Italian. So we have 30 people um, crossing at the same time. And then um, after that, I have to make companies to people swim the, that swim the Bonifacio Channel. And then we have a uh, swim also. I'm, I'm uh, coaching someone that's going to be swimming solo uh, Capri Napoli in Italy. So those three things can be busy, but one of my dreams is to go and swim the Bosporus in Turkey. You know, that's one of my dreams. That's that's one of my dreams. That I hope I can do if next year because that is full already for this year. Then uh, I'm planning to see if I can go check about it because I know swimmers from that that uh, have done it and they have invited me. To observe for now, and then uh, oh, that will be my dream. Water's not cold, you know. So it's that, that's something just to be well trained in the distance. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's going to be magic. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, my yeah. dreams, continent to continent. You know, yeah. that's one of the things that I like about it. Yeah. So <clears throat> oh, I'd love to do like that. Uh, yeah. It's like uh, English Channel also, something that uh, I love it. I did it one time, uh, helping with a autistic, uh, autistic gentleman that uh, they say that the coach, I, I coach him, so so the coach have to swim with him. So, okay, I said, okay. And then uh, I, right after, like 20 days later, we saw a relay too. In the English Channel, so I love that swim too. But uh, I'm more into the challenging new new oceans. <laughs> oh, that sounds perfect! It sounds like so much fun. Yeah, it's a great yes, way, great way to is. see the world yeah. too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, it's very interesting to meet people. You know that uh, are not too many that they know the world this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's... laughs> It's uh, my, I, I would say my motto, my motto says with the uh, incontinence uh, leaves so many people, billions of people live in the coastal lines of even, of, uh, of any continent. And actually swimmers are the only one that can meet other <laughs> swimmers from other world, other right. parts of the world, other part of the continent. Yeah. So they are the ones that unite the continents. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's Swimmers. so true. Even yeah, right, right. Even just on the swim I did with you, there were people from all around the world. It was it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, my other swim that I would love to do is in in New Zealand too. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a coach there. Uh, Australia, I was invited many times, but I'm I'm afraid of. Sharks, <laughs> uh, the big sharks over there, over there. But uh, the reason is like in Hawaii. In Hawaii, I swam Hawaii one time, but uh, I 
I stopped swimming because it came uh, sort of a wind condition. It was terrible, terrible. Even the, I saw boats uh, going down uh, at that time. And we were so many swimmers that I said, oh, no, I'm not continuing. And then all of a sudden I realized again the boat, they said, people, oh, did you see the sharks? Yeah, I saw the sharks. Uh, made me afraid not to go back. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and, and Hawaii, yeah. And, I mean, I respect them, you know, but I said I would like to swim in an environment where there are few sharks, just few sharks, <laughs> you know, not too many, whatever. I know they're not going to do anything, but uh, if, if they do, well, I haven't won the lottery yet. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to Pedro for that beautiful conversation. If you'd like any more information on Pedro, on Waterworld Swim, or how to swim Alcatraz, then get over to the website at www.thepodpodcast.net. That's www.thepodpodcast.net. I swam Alcatraz with Waterworld Swim and had such an awesome time, and you'll be hearing some more about that in coming episodes. I've got some recordings from over there. That's it for this episode. Take care. I'll catch you on the next episode of The Pod.